It's Deep Focus. It's February 9th, 2015, a frosty Monday night in New York City. And my guest is Andy Kaplow. And our topic is Sonny Rollins and specifically the solo concert he did in the summer of 1985 that Andy produced. And you'll also hear us talking about the fact that Andy actually hosted my show before I did. So, uh, yeah, it's a treat for me. I hope it is for you. And uh, this is part two of three. If you didn't hear part one, you might want to go back and check that out. And uh, as I said, gave a little trigger warning at the beginning of part one. If you don't like hearing a lot of self-indulgent chatter from me and my guest, eh, this is not the show for you. But uh, I'm sure there's plenty of others that are. On the other hand, if you are a serious Sonny Rollins fan, and I definitely am, and Andy Caplow definitely is, you do not want to miss this. If you don't know that solo concert, it's a revelation. And if you do, the things that Andy has to say are something you're going to remember for a long, long time. Here we go. It's Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
There's more. I think we should leave that LP just spinning like that. I like that. That is so great. There's nothing like analog sound, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's something warm about that needle in those grooves. What was that? What were you guys playing? What was that? Well, if you are uh, asking that question, we know you just tuned in, first of all. Second of all, um, well. Yeah. Well. You, you are, whether you know it or not, you are a fan of Sonny Rollins. If you weren't before, you are now. But you're not a dedicated enough fan to know all of his recordings, because if you did, you would know the solo album, which was released on the Milestone label in 1985 and recorded that same year, July 19th, obviously recorded live at uh, part of the Summer Garden program at the Museum of Modern Art, an event produced by... None other than our guest tonight, Andy Caplow. The crowd just goes crazy every time I say that name. <laughs> yes, indeed. July 19th. And, you know, I mentioned Lona Foote, yes. who was the photographer. Yes. And July 19th was her birthday. It's uh, coming back to me as you say that. Wow. Lovely person that she was. I wonder, is there a place to, great photographer, one of the few documenting a lot of the music that you and I love, and uh, is her work available online? Oh, man, I don't know. You know, we need somebody like Erwin Chusid to take over the yes. management of her estate. Erwin, hey, how are you? <laughs> Erwin just called, and he told me he's managing the estate now of Sun Ra. God bless him. Is this a little bit of wow. a little old home week? Yeah. People coming out of the woodwork. Er- Erwin, a, a, a wonderful uh, DJ on, d- dare we say the call letters. Another, certain other station. WFMU. That one. Love WFMU. Love WFMU. When I'm not <laughs> listening to WKCR, of course, I'm listening to WFMU. Well, if you have more than one radio, as I do. <laughs> That's right. That would be a, w, a very WFMU thing to do. And you have, you have more than one headphone, too. That's right. I once called up... Uh, that aforementioned radio station and read pages and pages of uh, the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam <laughs> as part of their fundraiser. They opened their uh, their mics to the listeners. I was I was a high schooler. I just read. Wow. This, I just read this poem, which I thought was so cool. It, well, now it's funny you say that because I was about to say that you were about to say something. Was I about to say something? I don't know. Were you? <laughs> I don't know. You know, well, if I were, what I might have said would there's be... There's people who talk about talking, listeners. and there's people who talk. <laughs> Are you asking me or telling me? Both. I'm telling you. <laughs> that, uh, so nice to see you again. Did I tell you? It's just such a pleasure <laughs> to be with you, Enough about me. Mitch. Let's talk about my work. <laughs> so... There I was at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. And I was going to say that the first time listeners had a chance to hear you was on these airwaves, low these many years ago. But apparently that's not the case. No, it's not the case. I'm sorry. You were yes. already known to the My, my broadcast public. cherry was <laughs> taken when uh, WFMU was in East Orange. Yeah. Uh, but wow, did I have fun here at WKCR. First in the news department before I was doing the jazz music. Mm-hmm. And uh, wasn't that a story? Oh, my goodness. Wow. With Kevin Costa. He and I had a regular news update. Really? From so the this WKCR was newsroom. Back in, the, back in the 40s after the war? <laughs> yeah, well, this is before the war, actually. Yeah. Well. Depends on which war we yeah, talk exactly. about. And, but uh, fascinatingly, or not, 
you are you you still live by the voice and live by the voice and die by the voice yes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i do yes that's true yeah but uh i want to ask you about that you you, Go ahead. you you're, Go ahead. you're a voice artist spit it that's out that's what you man. do that's who you are that's you you telling me you ask i don't me? know <laughs> that is true i i work as a voice actor now that's cool it's so much fun mitch <laughs> i'll tell you i have my own studio and um Sometimes I feel like I should have a seatbelt on that chair. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, I have so much fun, you wouldn't even believe it. I, um, I narrate, <coughs> um, uh, narrate <coughs> book after book for uh, the fine people at audible.com, mm. who are, of course, the elephant in the market of the audiobook world. And God bless him. You know, it was so interesting. I was uh, I was telling somebody the other day. Or at least it was interesting to me because <laughs> I find myself so endlessly fascinating. Um, I um, after the music business sort of uh, uh, imploded back in 2006 or so, and the right. writing was kind of on the wall. Uh, I had produced the music and voices for a video game uh, for, believe it or not, Atari. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. And um, one of the actors I was directing said to me, hey, well, you know, you sound really good. Why don't you do this yourself? Why don't you come down and work for me? And I was like, well, who are you? I thought I was hiring you as a buyout actor. And it turned out he was the director for some uh, cartoons that were uh, had dialogue replacement being done in New York. So I went down and auditioned for him, and I got into all these cartoon shows, and I, I started doing... Um, foreign language ADR uh, for foreign broadcasters. And then uh, one of the people who I had worked with became uh, an editor and director at Audible and said, hey, you're a natural. Come in and, and do this audiobook thing. So I went in there, and I didn't prepare at all, and I, I read this uh, passage that they, they put in my hot, eager little hands. And they, Omar Khayyam? <laughs> no, no, alas, no. Um, and... Um, uh, they shut down my mic after a couple of minutes and they brought me into the control room and they said, listen, audiobooks are not FM radio broadcasting. Mm. It's not advertising. It's not foreign language ADR. Mm. It's not cartoons. Mm. And uh, in fact, it's something that you have no idea about. So why don't you go and figure out what an audiobook is and then come back? And I realized that audiobooks you know, I was I was used to having a context of a show or using my voice, you know, with sound effects or with music or in a comedic way or in a cartoon with a visual. Mm. And it's none of those things. Audiobook, yeah. if, if, it, if it ain't coming out of your mouth all on your own with no help and no assistance and, it, and it's not effective, then you're up the river. You know what I mean? With no paddle. So I went in six months later, and I auditioned again, and they said, Bing! <laughs> go ahead, here you go. And they started me out, and they really, they really nurtured me and turned me into an audiobook uh, talent dude. And I'm so grateful because it's such a fun gig. Number one, it's always different, literally always different. I'm literally. Never, ah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm never reading the same material, ever. A second time, so it's never boring. I have this hoity-toity education from Columbia and, mm -hmm. and uh, all these other hoity-toity, uh, you know, uh, Down institutions. Down toity-toid. toity toity yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it takes advantage of all my literary background and, and my love of improvisation, both musical, of course, uh, and comedic, because I do, you know, comedy improvisation, too, at places like The Pit in New York. Um and I have my own studio. I, I don't have to punch a clock. I can, you know, mitigate the, uh, the corporate horror uh, by delivering in the middle of the night. And, you know, I just have a, uh, a, a beautiful time with it. And, um, yeah, so I think I'm up to something like, you know, 90. I'm closing in on, a, on 100 audiobooks in the next few months. What are some of the books that listeners might know? They might have heard your voice and not realized it was you. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, uh, you know, they have me doing everything from nonfiction. This year I did a nonfiction title called uh, 1177 B.C., written by Dr. Eric H. Klein, 
who is an archaeologist and ancient historian about the uh, the book is about the collapse of the first global economy in that year, 1177 BC, hmm. nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. And uh, that was all very interesting, you know, but there there are some haters with that because, you know, he suggested there might have been climate change, which the right wing doesn't like to hear about. <laughs> right. Um, so I do everything like that. You know, I've done some I, I did a nice World War II uh, pro, uh, uh, espionage uh, book, really fun thing called The Hornet Sting about a real life Danish uh, spy during World War II who was run by the British who uh, flew himself out of Denmark, occupied Denmark and then back in two wow. more times. It was crazy story. Um, so I do things like that. And then I do a lot of mysteries. Um uh, you know, murder mysteries, uh, private investigators. I'm the voice of Mo Prager, uh, written by um, Reed Farrell Coleman, who's a wonderful mystery writer. And I just finished two books by Chris Kuzneski, The Hunters and the Forbidden Tomb, you know, which are kind of, you know, a lot of, uh, lot of hair on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Takes place former military people working uh, all over the world in the deserts <laughs> and in uh, Russia and uh, do lots of accents, you know, characterizations and uh, things like this. Uh, and I, I just have a blast. I have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Very grateful. And if I keep my health together and my <clears throat> vocal health in particular, I should be able to do this till I croak. Which hopefully will not be too soon. Yes. Not during the show. My God, please. <laughs> How much time have we left? <laughs> it's almost 9 o'clock. It's a new The walls are closing in on you, Andy. By the way, you're listening to WKCR-FM New York. WKCR-FM New York. And we are legal, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Not yet, we're not. Oh. You're also could be listening to WKCR-HD1. Now we're legal. Whatever the whatever HD wants. I don't know. They told me I'm look. It's unwritten on the piece of paper. There, I'm supposed oh. to say that. Oh, there it is. See, I told you my FCC third class license is expired. Uh, you're that's a, so so 20th century, Andy. I'm on the slag heap of licensees. <laughs> yeah. We're playing some unbelievable music. Hey, tonight. aren't we though? Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> we are uh, enraptured. I'm saying it, man. I'm I'm going there. It strains the limits of credulity. It's, uh... It's, uh We're focusing deep on Theodore Walter Rollins. It's instupidant, is what it is. <laughs> instupidant, yeah. And, uh, yes. Sonny Rollins, we got some stunning stuff. You really got here late. We were waiting <laughs> for you. We finally started without you. Oh, my reputation precedes me. And you missed a lot of great stuff, but you got another hour left. Oh, and it's going to be, we saved the best for last. That's what the doctor told me. Hmm. And um, we gave him the big, uh, the big warm-up of what this thing is. But you want to summarize a little bit about where, where and when we are in space and time? So are the we, coordinates? are we, are we, uh, well, speaking of Sun Ra, are, uh, we're continuing here with uh, Sonny's solo show from July 19th of 1985. Is that what we're doing? Um, I'm riding with you, Captain. Okay, let's do that. What the hell? You I know, it's like it. memory lane. The whole thing is uh, a trip down the primrose path of past dalliances of yours truly. It was a lot of fun, you know. Um, MoMA was a great place to work, and it was, it was literally my playground. You know, um, have you seen the movie, by any chance, A Most Violent Year? No, I'd like to. It's, it's an interesting film. I mean, it has, some, it has some issues, but I thought one of the things that was pretty good about it was its ability to evoke the early 1980s in New York City. And this being 1985, it, it really kind of poked me in the ass, not inappropriately, to put together... Uh, some more of my written memoirs of my exploits at MoMA because let me tell you, I really, I had no mentor, so I pushed the limits, probably in ways that were not good for survival of my, <laughs> my particular species. But um, there were some wild. I hear they voted happened. you off the island shortly yeah, after. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we had, I, uh, I had a, a uh, Santeria 
event that uh, Milton Cardona put together with uh, three bata drummers and dancers and uh, invocation of the Orishas from West Africa uh, in Santeria. It was the, uh, the first time it was really presented in Blanco society. And the Santeria worshipers who were blocked out on the street from, the, from entering because the garden audience was at its capacity, it being a free event in the summer of 1985, um, when they heard the invocation of the god Elegua, mm. who is associated with doorways, who is very easily disrespected, apparently, they began speaking in tongues and being seized and literally rioting out on 54th Street. So the easily uh, spooked uh, museum security people threw a chain around the, go- around the garden gate, Oi. called the cops three times, and the cops thought it was a prank call. Wow. So 3,000 people were evacuated through the museum building to 53rd Street on Friday night. And uh, we finished the show. Uh, I mean, after the show, we evacuated the audience through the museum building. Came in Monday morning, and after seven years working at MoMA, they said, how much time do you need to clear out your office? Whoa. And I was like, I'm 25 years old. I have no experience of how to deal with a situation like this. So when New York Magazine and the New York Times, which had been covering everything I was doing, got wind of this and they were calling up and saying, what's going on there, Andy? I said, using my, you know, muse- using my, my staunch museum training to mm. quell any kind of controversy. Right. I said, oh, no, no, everything's fine, thinking that I would work something out mm. rather than perhaps in retrospect creating a little bit of you know, scary notoriety for myself and going out with a bang. But, you know, you live, you learn. Or you live, you don't learn. And you don't live. (laughs) And you learn and whatever. You're saddled with reality, my friend. And you persevere because it's your path in life. And by you, I mean you. Well, now you tell me. Now we're going to make it personal. Okay, now, again, if you just tuned in, you probably don't know that you <laughs> you're think obsessed this is with my with, show with what is known and not known here tonight aren't you when did you know it when did you not know it isn't it true that it's not true you're doing david fry now richard nixon of fantasy i know it isn't i it true? Uh, this is mr nixon <laughs> it's his show it's not my show it's his show you're listening to you've been listening to andy's show all these years i have other things i like to do <laughs> you said you were going out to get a Diet Pepsi, no. you'd be right back. Never a Diet Pepsi. It I been, knew you lied. It I knew it. It could have been. Now a, you admit it. It could have been a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> you said you were coming back. No. You left me here. I've been playing the same old New Dreams record on repeat <laughs> for 30 years. For 30, 30 years. 30 freaking years. Waiting for you to get back. Three and now decades. you show up. Well, as I revealed on Facebook, Mitch, this is your last show. <laughs> I'm taking over from now on. I figure if you can talk about not having a mentor. If you can, what about me? If you can, what about my needs? If you cannot, where's my pastrami sandwich? If you cannot get, is it sandwich or sandwich? If you cannot get paid for three (laughs) decades, so can I. Okay, Okay, all right then. The next three decades of my life, I look forward to being on the air at WKCR and not receiving a penny. (laughs) Well, I can help you out there. In that case, I'll take it. Uh, I'll be your mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. If only you were around when I was 25. If only I was. I think it's all of our loss that you're not still doing stuff like that. Well, what do you want want from me? You know what I want from you? What? Exactly what you did. Exactly every single thing you've done. You want me to be like, as Prez would say, a repeater pencil? No, I think you've handled it just right. He took I a thirty-year break. Just right. I should get back into the the no. event programming world no. now. I think you went out. You said what you had to say. Yeah, and you split, man. That was I'm perfect, out, man. Go out on top. That was beautiful, right? Yes. And you I know, have. And here's the proof of it. What? Where is it? What? Right here in oh, my right hand. There. Oh, tell them. Tell them that. Tell them. Th- tell them everything. That's disgusting. Tell them everything. That is gross. <laughs> Thank God, ladies and gentlemen, this is radio. Bring him right down front. Bring him right <laughs> Bring down, him right down front. Now he's Now he's doing Louis Jordan. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell him. Tell him about the 
Well, Louis Jordan was an inspiration for Sonny Rollins, too. Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing a little memory lane. What can I say? You know, it's Omphiloskepsis Kaplow style tonight at WKCR. Hoity so toity. we're going to hear... <laughs> We're going to hear some more of uh, Sonny blowing solo July 19th, 1985 in the Sculpture Garden of the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. This is the business, man. This is as good as it gets. I'm Mitch Goldman. I'm talking to Andy Kaplow. Music from Sonny Rollins. No one's listening, right? No, no, right. no, no, no. Okay. But as soon as this rehearsal's over, we are going to do this thing for real. And next time, I don't want you to mess it up like you
You are listening to Deep Focus from February 9th, 2015. Our topic is Sonny Rollins, and my guest is Andy Kaplow. And I'm a completist. I'm putting every Deep Focus out there. And when I finish those, which I'm getting pretty close to completing all the ones that were in the can at the time that COVID kicked in, March of... 2020, I'm going to go back to shows that I was doing before I was doing Deep Focus, and I got boxes of cassettes I'm going to pull out. I got some real surprises, some very significant stuff for you, so I'm glad you're along for the ride. Have you subscribed? You know it's free. You know it's super easy to do. You can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, pull your phone out of your pocket, um... The most popular program that people are listening to the podcast on is Apple Podcasts. But uh, we're on Google. We're on a lot of them. So we probably are on the one that you use regularly. If you don't use one regularly, start. I'm, I'm a big podcast dude. I really like a lot of podcasts and uh, not just music-related ones. So something I think you'll enjoy. And if you don't find us on whatever device you use, you can always find us at the hosting site. I'm going to give you the URL for that. It is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. mitchgoldman.podbean.com. There are over 200 episodes posted there. Tons and tons of great stuff to crawl through. And you, if you're really enjoying this, you probably want to know about my website, mitchgoldman.com. And you can find the, uh, you can click on the Deep Focus tab there about Deep Focus. All the old episodes are listed with little descriptions and photos. And you can also, there's a search bar in the about Deep Focus tab. And you can, if you see a description of a show that you want to hear, you can look for it, search for it on that search bar, and you will find the podcast episode that you can listen to. You can listen to it online or wherever you like. So I'm trying to make it easy for you. It's all free. It's uh, it's yours. My gift to you. And if you like it, let somebody know. Tell somebody. So put it on your social media. Tell some of your music-loving friends. Give us some likes. And um, just trying to share the music, share the love, and share the idea of being there when the music happens. Wherever you are in your community, I can almost promise you there's some music happening. There's somebody getting together, beating a couple of sticks together, making some music somehow, and go and be part of it. And if not, then ooh, it's an opportunity for you to create that. Mm, I've done that. That's cool. I think it's cool. All right. Uh, we're doing a lot of talking on this one. My apologies if that's not to your taste. But as I say, find another episode to listen to. And I hope maybe you are coming along with Andy and me for the ride. And uh, it's not too self-indulgent. All right. See you over at part three. <laughs> 